Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Monter in the studio, joined on the phone by Kyle Roder, analyst from IG. Now, before we bring Kyle in, let's take a quick look at the markets, although it is a sea of red, has been for a while. Today and continues to be a sea of red in Asia. The Straits Times Index is down by 0.5% to 3,252 points. Japan's Nikkei also down by 2.8%. South Korea's Kospi joins the red team down by 3.3%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng down by 2.4%. The Shanghai Composite Index down by 0.8%. Australia's ASX coming back from the Australia Day holiday down by 1.9%. Now, it's, it's, um, I know we're a few days away from the Lunar New Year, but maybe we didn't need quite this concerted tribute to the Lunar New Year with all this red, but we bring Kyle into the conversation and we turn our attention to Australia. Uh, first of all, Kyle, welcome to the show, or welcome back to the show, and happy belated Australia Day. Thanks for having me, thank you very much. Now, Australian shares jumped 1% on Thursday, rebounding from heavy losses suffered early in the week. Energy mining firms, they gained strongly, um, even as Wall Street ended lower overnight on the U.S. central bank's hawkish stance. Now, let's talk about the ASX today, down or currently down 1.9%. What are you seeing? Um, I'm seeing a market that's really panicking about a U.S. Federal Reserve that's going to be hiking interest rates, um, perhaps more than the four or five times that are priced into the market right now, uh, and still remain really uncertain about what it's going to do with its balance sheet going forward. And effectively, that's the you know the pace, size, and timing um, of you know basically the the unwind of of all this stimulus and, and quantitative easing that we've seen over the last couple of years, so at least since the uh, start of the crisis. So. And effectively, this is this is a market probably in panic mode and trying to discount a lot of that uncertainty into the into the market. Um, and really, at the moment, if, if, if you're looking at equities, there's there's nowhere to hide. The Asian region's getting um, whacked. We've got European futures down, and um, after a pretty mixed nice trade last night, we're, we're also seeing US futures fall as well. So again, this is a market in panic mode now that the um, the Federal Reserve is looking so, I suppose, adamant it wants to tackle inflation and, and raise interest rates and tighten policy to do that. Well, see, okay, that's interesting to me because why would the market be as surprised and on the back foot as it has been? These are noises the FOMC has made for a while now. Yeah, I think, one, the market was probably a little bit complacent, and two, I think we're starting to see a really big change in the attitude of the Fed, and we have seen over the last couple of months, and they keep surprising the market with how hawkish that they are. Um, I was, um, you know, silly enough to wake up quite early this morning to, to um, watch the actual uh, Fed press conference, um, and things really did turn around about the, the time that the, 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 the chairperson, Jay Powell, was uh, questioned on the, the number of hikes that could potentially be seen this year, effectively. Um, and his, his comments that was to the effect that the economy is strong enough and that the labour market is in such position that the economy could wear, you know, implicitly um, rate hikes of more than four or five being priced into the market right now and that, you know, it was kind of interpreted that the uh, the Fed could hike, you know, effectively or in principle, um, you know, as many as, you know, six or seven, eight times, however many times that the Fed meets for the rest of the year, uh, which is not being discounted in the market at the moment. Um, and not only that, I think one really big thing that was driving a level of uncertainty in the market the last few weeks was, again, um, what the Fed intends to do with its balance sheet. 
Um, and there was really no further clarity there, no guidance given. So not only did we have the Fed come out more um, hawkish uh, than expected and, and imply that interest rate hikes, you know, again, at every meeting this year wouldn't necessarily be off the table, there was no further clarity, no further certainty on the balance sheet. Um, and as a result, you know, stocks had to price in the, the subsequent hit to growth, um, the, the, the removal of, a, of potentially a lot of liquidity, and then again, a lot of uncertainty, which just leads to more volatility and, and leads people not wanting to take risk in, uh, in, in equities. All right. Now, what they did say, the Federal Reserve left rates unchanged, but said in an increase could soon be warranted. And of course, they did cite inflation. All of us are seeing the inflation in our own markets. But also the thing that was interesting was he pointed to a strong labor market, which we've also seen in some of our markets as well. We talked about that last week in Australia. There is a strong labor market. So maybe the markets... um, aren't happy by the indication that some of these interest rate hikes might happen as early as March. But um, um, I'm wondering how long will this reaction continue? Is it for the rest of the week? Are we, are we talking about this jitter reaction into next week? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, for weeks and weeks after that, potentially too, um, until the markets find a level that is comfortable with Fed policy. So, I mean, effectively, there is a little bit of um, historical precedent to this, where if you look at uh, the back of 2018, at, at the back end of 2018, um, and also to, to a similar extent, the, the taper tantrum that we saw at the you know, sort of early parts of last decade, um, that the markets take a while to adjust to this, and they don't like the um, kind of removal and the rapid removal of policy support um, that you know tends to prop up stock markets and, and you know push valuations to the extended levels that we did see or have seen over the last couple of years. So, you know, um, if the, if it's still if it if it continues to look as if the Fed in its um, uh, communications with the market, if it continues to look like the data is still very strong and inflation is very very high, it's going to it's going to continue to feed into this view of a of a Fed that's going to have to really tackle inflation. In doing so, again, stop supporting the markets, and even potentially in doing so too, uh, slow the economy down so inflation just doesn't uh, continue to run away and stay at these historically elevated levels. All right. Now, some of the central banks around the region might not necessarily be meeting in the next couple of days, but the next time, say for example, Australia's central bank meets. How much of what happened at the FOMC meeting is uh, going to filter into maybe their policy considerations? Well, it's a, it's a really good question because, you know, um, fairly similar to the Fed um, in 2021, the RBA kept telling us that, well, first of all, that they didn't expect rates to rise until 2024. They started to dial back that language at the back end of last year. But if you look at what's being implied in interest rate markets at the moment, we've got four and a bit interest rate hikes uh, baked into the futures curve, the first of which is expected to come in May, which is obviously a lot sooner uh, than the RBA was saying, and a lot more aggressive as well um, than, than what the RBA had been guiding. So we're basically expecting a really big pivot as well um, from next week, which um, will come from Governor Lowe and, and his team, uh, and, and will more or less suggest that they've got probably inflation wrong themselves, they've got the forecast or their guidance wrong, and that they're going to have to, one, end quantitative easing basically next week because there's really no need for it anymore. It's there to target the currency, and the currency now at about 70 cents, which is at a level that the RBA would be comfortable with. Um, but not, not only that, that, there's probably going to need to be um, higher interest rates to keep up with what the Fed's doing, uh, but also to, to curb some of the inflation pressures that we've got here as well. So, you know, for us, it's going to be a big meeting too, and there's really no... You know, other than probably the Bank of Japan, there's no developed market central bank that isn't looking at finding a way of how how to remove policy stimulus because of these inflationary pressures right across the globe. Now, your uh, central bank will be ending its bond buying program 
rather soon on Tuesday and is expected to wait till November before it responds to the high inflation. You're saying, yeah, no, <laughs> maybe not November. Yeah, well, the, mar- the markets, yeah, the markets are saying that May, after that CPI approval, we moved it to May. So it's, it's, it, it, at least if you look at interest rate traders, economists are, you know, got their own opinion that, yeah, the interest rate markets are really believing a, a pretty aggressive RBA this year. All right, which which means that what you said about the jitters is is really going to potentially continue for more than the rest of this week into next week, because you know depending on what they announce in that in that RBA meeting, there could be more reason for jitters. Absolutely, and I think that's why we've seen such an aggressive sell off in the ASX two hundred today is the realization that. Um, you know, they're probably going to have to join the Fed. And, and again, you know, we saw a lot of weakness coming through from that CPI data on Tuesday where it became apparent that, um, you know, those inflationary pressures are, are higher than um, previously thought. So, again, if any, is it, in every corner of the, uh, the market at the moment, um, any sign of inflation is being met with um, a lot of fear. And we had, for example, uh, New Zealand CPI data out today, which I think came at a 31-year high. Again, that probably compounded some of the fears that we had out of the Fed meeting. So any sign that there's inflation... Um, there, there's going to be a, a reaction to the market, and of course, the reaction is going to be negative, um, as we've we've seen over the first couple of weeks of 2022. Australia's core inflation definitely did jump to a, a peak, um, and did cause some some major shock. Are you guys taking that into consideration as you you look at your trading days for the rest of the week? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, and again, it's it's something that's really um, delivered a real whack to the to the to the stock market. Um, and there is a concern a little bit, I think, like we were talking a few weeks ago, that you know this this um, inflation print um, doesn't take into account a lot of the reopening and the expected um, you know, rebound in demand uh, that we're, we're getting at the moment, just because of um, the easing of restrictions. Of course, Australia was in lockdown for so much, or a lot of a lot of Australia was in lockdown for so much at the back end of last year. Mm. You know that pent up demand and, and higher prices from high demand isn't expected to be discounted, and we're continuing to see signs that. You know, these cost push pressures are still building as well through higher freight costs, um, you know, supply side uh, disruption, higher import costs and what have you. So it's expected that 3.5% um, that we saw on um, Tuesday is pretty much just the baseline um, for, for what we can expect for the rest of the year as these problems continue to play out. Um, so, again, it's, it's one of those things, as long as that persists uh, and central banks are expected to react to it, um, you know, that kind of volatility may, may well continue until there's signs that either the central banks back off or some of these pressures um, alleviate by themselves. Okay, I don't have the ASX up on my screen, but I do have the STI. And you know, I'm looking at the markets here in Singapore. Value turnover is much higher than it normally would be at mm. this time. And as far as buying or selling, there's a lot more selling than there is buying. And the decliners mm. are way outweighing the advances. Are you seeing the same thing on your end? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is the thing is that when you're talking about monetary policy and you're changing, uh, you're talking about changing interest rates. Um, you know, those things affect every area of the stock market, not equally, but it still affects every area of the stock market. So valuations have to be readjusted. I think what's really interesting too is, you know, the kind of changes that we're seeing in the, in the yield curve at the moment where we're seeing short term rates increase so much. And, and that's where you start to worry about, you know, the, the, the economic cycle and the strength of that going forward. So you, you know, start to see potential weakness um, building in those cyclical stocks as well. And that's not great for Asia. And I think that's why we saw the, the Nikkei plunge like we, we did today. Um, so it is, it's a very broad based move. And again, when you've had um, markets being propped up for so long um, by central banks, the prospect of that disappearing um, doesn't leave any any stock untouched, um, or leaves very few, I should say, um, uh, very few parts of the equity market untouched. All right. Well, you know, everyone 
uh, who's ever banged in a market strategy into my head over the years has said, if people are selling and people are losing and it's red, somebody's making money, some sectors picking <laughs> that up. Where are the green shoots? Where are the green spots on the ASX today? Which sectors are, are having some love? Well, I mean, I think it's the moment if you're looking at sort of more broadly the, the sectors that um, are potentially uh, less affected by, by this sort of Fed dynamic. We're starting to see, you know, some positivity coming through the energy players and also some other areas of the market exposed to, um, you know, commodity prices because commodity prices are still relatively high. Um, you know, the energy situation is an interesting one in and of itself because it is contributing to those inflationary expectations that are, of course, driving uh, interest rates higher potentially and, you know, it's also sort of tied back to those to those concerns about um, geopolitical tensions on the, the Ukraine-Russian border. So there's that element that, um, you know, it, it is very difficult to, to spot a winner, generally speaking, or at least for more than a few days at a time. And, uh, yeah, this, this sell-off has been quite broad-based as a result and, and, you know, it is really indicative of the market, you know, worried about that removal of liquidity from, from the financial system. So that's the bigger worry on um, over anything else. But Brent crude oil touched on 90 US dollars a barrel um, what was it yesterday how's that going to to help anything on your end or hinder anything well, I mean, it's going, to, it's going to potentially, again, complicate things for central bankers because if oil, oil prices continue to rise, and, and they're probably doing so for, for two reasons, is that, um, you know, the, the, impact, the impact from the Omicron, I suppose, outbreak hasn't been so um, large as expected. You know, oil demand hasn't been crimped the same way in, in previous ways. And then probably more pertinently on the supply side, you've got these worries about what, you know, could happen in, in Ukraine uh, and the potential impact to, to energy markets there as well, which is significant. Of course, we've got OPEC coming up and, you know, they don't seem too concerned, at least for the time being, in increasing supply, which, you know, in principle they, they could do um, to, to bring down prices. So, you know, clearly there, there are some areas of the stock market that benefit from, from that dynamic and, you know, um, you know anything tied to, to energy is, is clearly one of those. Um, by the same token, though, it does increase those, that sort of broader volatility in, in, in the market because it does push up those yields because of inflation expectations, and that does have that knock-on effect of you know adding to, to jitters about inflation and um, you know uh, uh, weaker equity prices um, because of you know more aggressive central bank policy perhaps. The market's closed now, so so it's in the books, and it was a pretty weak day. Um, you know, you look at U.S. futures, you look at European futures. It's looking like a pretty soft, um, soft start for both both regions now. So, sentiment doesn't seem like it's improving just yet. Um, it'll be interesting to see what does. But, you know, we, we'll see some you know, big rallies in the market. I think fairly soon because, you know, we're getting to some fairly oversold levels and, and markets are, are very volatile. You, start, you, you know, you do tend to see these um, big, big bounces and pops like we did a few days ago on an intraday basis um, in volatile markets. But Again, I think that um, thing that is, is kind of uh, you can rely on, I suppose you could say, for the time being is that volatility is here until some of those pressures that are forcing central banks to, to, to tighten um, either disappear or, again, the central banks themselves you know, sort of step back from things a little bit. So um, it's hard to, hard to see why, at which point and why and how um, you know, this kind of um, you know, really bearish market action is, is going to, to subside. It, it looks very, very deep for, for the time being. All right. Uh, volatility, though, is fun for some of you. Uh, hopefully, you were one of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All righty. We've been speaking with Kyle Roder, analyst at IG. I'm Clarissa Montero. For the Workday Afternoon, this has been Market View on Money FM 89.3, Singapore's most influential radio station.
Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.